When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to this edition of Wise Men Say, the Hull City podcast. My name's Alex and tonight I'm joined by my co-host, John. John, how are you? Good evening, everyone. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Alex. A couple of great results to talk about today. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, really good, mate. Good, mate. How, how's your week been? Been busy? Yeah, pretty busy week to say the least, um, but it's been... It's been good to obviously look at the results that we've been having, and um, and obviously I've done a, I've played a little bit of football myself, so trying to sort of let off a bit of steam and stuff. But yeah, uh, really look forward to my Wednesdays recording this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, John is a, is a teacher, so um, my uh, my uh, fiance is also a teacher, and I know that they're both. Be looking forward to uh, half term next week. Uh, so counting <laughs> the days. So yeah, uh, in terms of the podcast, you know, me and John was speaking off air, weren't we, John? And you know, we're really enjoying it. So and it's it's helping us. Um, and we just hope that we can, uh, you know, help other people and, and um, you know, give them something, you know, to look forward to, something to listen to, something to keep them occupied, you know, during these tough times. Yeah. Well, definitely, and I'm that kind of person who's always listening to something as I'm maybe driving or if I'm going somewhere, even if I'm doing the dishes, I've always got a podcast on or I've always got the radio on, and I'm always listening to sort of football content or, or stuff related to whole City content. So I'm really sort of excited for us to, to really sort of grow in our following a little bit and really become part of that, that group, really. So yeah, appreciate everyone who's who's followed us on our journey so far, and hopefully we'll deliver you a bit of a cracker today. Yeah, I, I would echo that as well. Um, for me, I, you know, whenever I watch the shops or anything, you know, the first thing I think is, 
all right, let's get a podcast on, um, you know, just to make the journey, you know, uh, go a bit quicker. So, yeah. And Alex, you've sort of like entered this world a little bit already, haven't you? You presenting on, on Barton FM. Um, so like yeah. you, you sort of want to enter this world a little bit. So it's great for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll do a little bit of commentary for Barton Town when I can. Um so yeah, I'm, I'm, I you know I'm a big lover of football. So to have this opportunity to sort of talk about it, um, yeah, you know, is you know is one that I cherish, um, you know, and I thank you, John, for you know being the brainchild of this. <laughs> team effort, Alex. Team effort. Team effort. Great stuff. Right, that's enough <laughs> for the um, niceties. So tonight, <laughs> obviously, we've got um, a couple of uh, reviews of of the games we've had since the last pod. We've got the Rochdale game. Uh, the Wimbledon game, uh, and then we've got a cracking edition of Hull City Alphabet, which yeah, you know we've been you know overwhelmed with the response. We've you know we're really enjoying everyone's contribution. It's, it's great to connect with these people. Um, and then we've got uh, I'm going to talk about a bit of Twitter news, and then then we'll go with uh, our predictions for the next two games uh, before we record next week. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So, John, so we'll start with the Rochdale game. Um, I'll, I'll give you the team and then I'll ask for your thoughts if, if you're all right. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so, as usual, we've got uh, Super Ingram in goal. Uh, we've got the the Josh Emmanuel, uh, Super signing at right back. Uh, interestingly, centre-halves, Reese Burke and, and Greaves. Uh, Callum the left-back. Doherty and the return of Smallwood uh, in the middle with with Honeyman, you know, playing that sort of advanced midfielder role, and then KLP, Josh McGuinness, and and Malik Wilkes up front. So, John, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, well, um, it was interesting really because Rochdale didn't look that that great um, in terms of an opposition for for what we had, um, but they did have sixty nine percent possession. And it, it just seemed that they didn't really threaten with that. They they tried to sort of pass us off the park, really. Uh, looking at the passing stats, they had 498 passes to our 318. Uh, but I do feel like the the sort of plan there was was a sort of cause a bit of devastation, really, with the attacking players that we had on the pitch. McGinnis obviously physically imposing himself back on the game. Wilkes getting himself uh, ahead in a volley, so um, some some great goals. But also just a great all-round team player. And you mentioned last week about Smallwood coming back into the team and being an impact. I do feel like that's fine, having Beck as an experienced centre-half with then Smallwood and McGuinness. That's quite an experienced spine there and, and a definitely a good one for League One. And especially with, you think about Jacob Greaves making his first league start for the club, having Smallwood in front of you and then the likes of Elder and Beck you know, left and right of you, and, a, and an experienced keeper in Ingram who's on form as well. You're there. You're looking round and thinking that's a great, great place for me to, to make my debut. Really. Yeah, definitely. Um, and what a father-son combination we have here. Um, you, you mentioned that you was a big fan of. Is, is it Mark? Yeah, Mark Green. Yeah, you was a big fan of his, weren't you? So, uh, yeah. a real emotional connection with the club. Um, so yeah, really, really pleased. Um, with him, and also, like you say, what what a time to come into a side when the, you know, the side's full of confidence. Um, you know, five wins from six, 
Um, you know, now top of the league. Obviously, we weren't at the time, but but yeah, what a time yeah. to um, to start. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Interestingly, um, he didn't go with uh, McLaughlin or Jones. Do you think he thinks that Greaves is perhaps his next best centre half after Burke and Devise? Well, he kept him out on the team for a while, didn't he? And uh, people were sort of asking about it because he spent that time on loan last season. And to me, I feel like he was sort of biding his time with him. And it seems like Greaves may have sort of, you know, obviously been training quite well because he's, sort of, he's, he's come in uh, and he started the last two games. So he's really taken his opportunity with both hands and he wants to make this position his own. Obviously, he's got Yori's advice to compete with, which is for a left-sided centre-half, well, for McLaughlin as well, actually, because he's a left-sided centre-half. They've both got quite a task on their hands, but from a, a biased point of view, having worked in the academy, I really want Greaves to do well, and I've sort of pencilled in in my notes here that I really like the back four that I would play in the next game of, of Elder, Greaves, Burke, and Emmanuel. I really do like that back four. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting to see what McCann sort of thinks of it, really. He's not said too much. He's obviously said he's, he's had a great debut and he's, you know, he's working really hard, but he's not given out too much praise, yet he hasn't sort of given too much maybe publicly to work on either. I think he's sort of keeping him at that level, keeping him motivated. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting one when um, Devise, you know, is, is fit and available for selection. Um, you know, yeah. What do you think of the option? You know, we talked, we we spoken uh, about McCann having different options in terms of formation. Do you think that you know, in certain games where we might have to be a bit more tight, you know, could he perhaps work with Bert, Greaves and Devise in a three? Do you think that's an option? Definitely, I, I do think that, and I think J- uh, Jacob Greaves would probably make that that central player. Yeah, with two experienced centre halves either side of them, yeah. who can also play out a little bit as well. Um, it's it's a, it's one of those really. You look at it, you know, he's had two clean sheets and two, you know, great start, and then you sort of start thinking, well, could we cash in on device maybe? Who knows? But like you say, the experience, you know, they may come a game a little bit like Fleetwood the other week, where you know that could happen again at any point, and we think, well, we really need that experience there and bring in device or, or like you said go to a, a three um, I, I, I certainly say that's quite a good suggestion given the fact that we've got Emmanuel uh, who's pretty good at, at going forward and then Elder who's also involved in the set pieces so that would give us a bit more protection as well on the break especially if we're going to push them centre half forward so yeah quite an interesting observation there Yeah. Um, but but regardless of the of the, the personnel and the shape you take two clean sheets in two and obviously we're going to talk about the the Wimbledon game in the second. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose one one final point on the centre halves is, you know, we use this McCann's favourite expression, thick and fast, quite, quite, you know, quite often. But I feel like thick and fast, Burnsy. Thick and fast, Burnsy. I think you do it. You, you're you're <laughs> you're a bit better at impressions than me. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say there's there's probably going to be chances for all the centre halves. Um, including Jones and, and potentially McLaughlin um, throughout this season. Um, we've got an EFL trophy yeah. coming up in a week or two's time. So, you know, it, 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 McCann's biggest sort of challenge with the centre-halves is just to keep them all motivated, I guess. And you know, Definitely, yeah. yeah. You've got that 
Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday as well. Um, you, you, for any professional football, regardless of the league that you play in, you're expected to play at a certain intensity. What McCann's shown that he wants to play at, especially with the, the goals that were scoring against Rochdale, for example, we need to make sure we have a lot of interchangeable personnel. Uh, that shows with the, for example, Malik Wilkes. Has only put, he's played five of the seven games. Uh, he's scored three and five. So he wants people to come in and hit the ground running. And even if they come out of the team, come back in and, and continue to score or keep clean sheets, whatever their role is in the team. So it's it's all about the squad this season. Yeah. And definitely. everyone seems to be in that centre back position, and especially we seem to have, we seem to be quite blessed with the depth that we have there and the quality and depth as well. Because yeah. I mean, if you look at we we signed Festus Arthur during the summer. Well, back in just after January, wasn't it? But to come in in the summer. And he's gone straight into under twenty three cell. So it's not a given that, you know, the the, the guys who are waiting behind uh will will get an opportunity this season because of the strength that we've got in our fair team. So the likes of Greece doing a fantastic job by by sort of holding their place in the squad, never mind the starting living. Yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, that that's that takes us quite nicely onto the onto the Wimbledon game. Um yeah. so I'll go with the team again. So again, Ingram and in goal. Uh, interestingly, for this one, Louis Coyle at right back, um, who started the game, and unfortunately had to come off. And we'll talk about that in a second. And then we had Burke and Greaves again at centre half. Elder at left back. Doherty, Smallwood again. Um, Honeyman in that attacking midfielder role, um, and Adelican, McGuinness, and KLP. What are your thoughts on the Wimbledon game? First of all, well done on the Adelican pronunciation because we're both struggling that fast, weren't we? So you've done your homework. Well, you? listening to the streams, um, that's pretty much what um, what Brian Hughes and that go for. So uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you see, I, you know, it could still <laughs> um, be wrong. You know what I mean? Like the, who knows? For years and years they were calling um, Jermaine Genus, Jermaine Genus, weren't they? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, who yeah. knows? And um, the 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 elder senior, not Liam, who played for us. Is it Leroy? Leroy. Call him Rosenwald. Yeah. Uh, Rosen. Yeah. Rosenwald. Yeah. So it was a bit. Yeah. You never know your pronunciations. So there you go. Um, yeah. Thoughts on the Wimbledon game. <laughs> Again, well, it was one of those performances. I feel like at the KCOM, we we try and make that that fortress. So uh, never really look like we're going to sort of concede a goal or a bunch of goals but again teams will come and, and be tight and be hard to beat so the 1-0 didn't surprise me very much to be honest um, but it was great to see King Lewis Potter get a goal he goes to joint fourth in the top scorers uh, obviously it's quite tight at the minute after any you know seven games but King Lewis Potter getting in that top scorers and he's you know his whole city's top scorer for the season you know no one can take that away from him at this moment in time. Uh, obviously, as the game's go, it couldn't have changed, but at this very moment in time, this, this guy is, you know, a boyhood Hull City fan, you know, he's from Hull and he's a Hull City's top scorer. So, you know, to take that in as well, you've you must you've got to be delighted for the kid and um, another academy boy. It, the goal, it said as well, it's been well documented on the Instagrams and Twitter pages of Hull City that the goal was made in Hull with uh, Jacob Greaves knocking the ball down for him as well. So, great little combo there. And uh, it was just great, again, to see that back four do really well. Um, so it would be interesting to um, set up this week's sort of Twitter poll based on who, who people think the, the back four is. And we'll, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more later on. But, 
yeah, very happy with the with the team, very happy with the result. Uh, we take our three points. We don't really need to look at the scoreline as much, but we take the three points, move on to the next game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Two two contrasting games, really. Um, Rochdale, yeah. I feel like because they were the home side, um, I think they felt like they had to come at us a bit more, and I think that sort of played into our hands um, a bit. You know, in terms of the break, you know, we're quite fast on the break. Um, aren't we? You know, in terms of, you know, Emmanuel's got pace, Wilkes has got pace, you know, KLP, you know, Honeyman's yeah. nurse, Slouch, Doherty as well. Um, so, you know, Wimbledon obviously being the away side this time out, I feel like they obviously thought, right, well, they set up really well, I thought, and kept us at bay for large periods. And if, if we hadn't scored that goal on half time, you know, who knows what could have happened in the second half. Because um, it was literally right on the stroke of half time uh, that we got that goal. Yeah. So. Another thing on that as well, yeah. Um, you know, it seems that McCann does like to work on his set pieces and, and stay creative. And I do feel like that's really important at this level where it's very, very physical. You're waiting, at, you're waiting for those key moments where teams switch off because they're not at the top level for a reason. And the, the reason is, is more often than not that these players tend to switch off in key moments. You know, there's a lot of players with quality in Leagues 1 and 2, but they might not have the sort of concentration levels or or whatever it is, attentiveness to detail. And that's where we need to sort of get our edge because, like I say, we're going to be a big scalp in this league. And, you know, being creative in set pieces and getting a goal on 45 plus 7 is, you know, is something that might happen quite a lot this season. So so well put, well well done to McCann, really, and, and the team for being tenacious for the full time and not and not giving up and making sure that, you know, we capitalise on those key moments where teams switch off. So um I saw I saw a really good tweet from Bernsey actually and he said it's, you know, the the third time Hull City have won their first four home games and you, you know, the other two times they've done that have been promoted. So a good omen to sort of kick us off. Really. Yeah, written in the stars, maybe. Can can we call Bernsey a friend of the show? Because he follows us, is that? Can yeah, we do say, that? I'd say so. Yeah, friend of the show, Bernsey. Hello, Bernsey. Yeah, shout out to Bernsey. Um, love yeah, to get him on. Too. Uh, and I have had, you know, a couple of, you know, Twitter conversations with him, um, back and forth regarding results. So, you know, yeah, big friend of the show, Bernsey. Yeah, love it. I had in my notes as well, John. Um, the win ugly. Uh, we mentioned this previous, previous on a couple of pods. Um. The Wimbledon game wasn't pretty. Um, let's not dance around that. You know, it was there, there wasn't free flowing football, but you know, the the three points were on the board. Um, and at the end of the season, you know, we're not going to look back and go that Wimbledon game was crap, but we got three points. We'll just go, we got three points. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, win, win ugly. Well done, McCann. And um, grinding, grinding out the, the three points. Um, Coming back to what you said as well about the concentration, um, Wimbledon did have a really good chance um, in the second half, I think. And, um, you know, it was, it was like three or four yards out the ladder. I don't know who it was, but um, separating him like this level from the next level, you know, he sliced it wide. Um, if it had got that connection right, it was a certain goal. So, you know, that's that's, you know, We've got to ride our luck sometimes, and you know we did in that game and got the three points. So um, the only, the only thing I've got left in my notes regarding the games, um, just quickly the McGuinness, 
he, he looked all right in the Rochdale game. He was a bit out of sorts against Wimbledon. I think they did well against him, but it's good to see another option um, up front, um, grabbing a goal and an assist. Um, and of course, Eve's coming back now, so he's starting to get plenty of options uh, up top. And it'll be interesting to see who goes with the next game, John. Yeah, classic classic McGuinness really. Sort of comes in one game, gets a goal, um, and says he, he could he could get a yellow card or a red the next. And <laughs> it, it's uh, the inconsistency with him um, for me allows Eve to to drift in and out of the team as well. He's got two players there who are particularly consistent in terms of the goal scoring or or maybe their contributions to the team. But the the fact that they're both there, we can interchange and hopefully catch you know McGuinness on his good days and bring him in and. He's on his good days and bring him in. So it was great to see him back. And then the Rochdale performance showed why we got him. But we need to see a little bit more in this league, I think. If you look at the consistency of Wilkes, even Keenley was Potter to a certain extent. You know, we need to see that from these experienced heads in this yeah. one as well. Consistently inconsistent. Is that how you're describing it? Yeah, yeah. potentially. Yeah, <laughs> a good run of goals for one of these two, um, you know, would surely you know, pencil them, themselves in for that role. But also, I suppose, like like we say with the centre-halves, it's options, in it? And you could pick players depending on the opposition. Like I said previously, I thought Eves would have made a difference against Fleetwood, um, but unfortunately wasn't wasn't fit. So, um, hmm. you know, options yeah. for, depending on the opposition is important for McCann. I'm sure he's got a few headaches with his selection. Um, and the final thing I had in my notes was again the return of Smallwood. Um, I cannot underestimate for me this guy's contribution. He is um, very he assures up the midfield very well, and like like you say, the spine is such a key part of any team. Most teams are built on a good spine, aren't they? So to have Smallwood anchor in that midfield, yeah. I think is so key for us. And if he stays fit, I can see us only going from strength to strength. Yeah, yeah. Just a quick one. Did you want to touch on Louis Coyle yeah, as well? Sorry, yeah, so, yeah, yeah absolutely. Quick. Really gutted for the lad. Um, you know, he, he looked very assured when he was playing. Um, and, you know, it would have been nice to give Emmanuel a rest because he, he's played every minute, hasn't he, I think, so far. So, um, do, you, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, it's a shame for him. Obviously, you know, in that first game that he played for us against Leeds, he was captain. He had the highs of that and then the lows of missing the penalty. And, um, you know, obviously he's got the injury in this game. So you just hope that it just doesn't turn into a, a, like a spell of bad luck, really. They say it comes in threes, but, but hopefully for, for Coyle, he gets back fit soon and he can have another crack at getting in the team because, you know, he was initially bought for that. He's bought as he obviously is. Uh, squad number the number two, you know, for our first choice right back, and Emmanuel's doing a sterling job. But yeah, I'm hoping that Coyle can can um, sort of pick himself up there in case you know Emmanuel does dip out a little bit or you know needs that rest. Uh, but just for him as well, personally, being a whole lad and you know been looking forward to his his first home game for the club, and it hasn't sort of come off for him particularly well. So hopefully we can move past it and. And then build some positive memories of his of his time at Hull City. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, sending sending our good wishes to Coyle. Get well soon, mate. Yeah, definitely. It was confusing watching it because every time I looked, they, they, the Coyle and Honeyman looked exactly the same. They got the same haircut. I was like, is that Coyle or Honeyman? Yeah, you're doing it right back. <laughs> <laughs> but Honeyman yeah. is everywhere, isn't he? 
So you can never, you can never really tell with him. Yeah, he's everywhere. You say, what are you doing up front? And then he's, yeah, he's right back. Yeah, he's everywhere. Right, then that's <laughs> the reviews done for the games of the last week. Yeah. So shall we move on to what's becoming a real, real favourite? The Hull City Alphabet, letter A. Yeah, looking forward to this. Um, yeah, it's a. It was one of the sort of ideas that I had when we first started the podcast, and um, just something a little bit, bit. Well, it's quite it seems quite like obvious to do, but I don't really see it anywhere. And um, just you know, for for a, an episode or well, for a season like us, sort of going through each each week and producing a new episode, you you, you know you think well, the alphabet can offer a feature every week, and then you know before we think of another idea and uh, being really pleased with all of the contributions from the Twitter following and, and I've had a contribution from my dad today so yeah it's great to see a bit of a following coming yeah, together absolutely. so how do you want to play this John should we I've got like quite a few from the Twitter followers so should we go with um, let's go with sure, yours yeah. how many have you got that you wanted to mention? so uh, well I'll go I'll yeah. go with two and then I'll go with my shout from from uh, my old man uh, as well from the old text message a couple of, you know about half an hour before we started recording. So I thought I'd drop him a message. But yeah, I'm going to start off with one of my favourites, yeah. uh, Craig Fagan. Uh, he was a, a former under 23s coach at Hull City as well. Uh, following his, his playing career, he's now at South End, uh, still at the under 23s level there. So you know someone who you could be seeing in management at some point in the future. And he had well two. Sort of two spells with the club, but you could say three because one of them was on loan before he made it permanent again. Um, so he began with with 15 goals in in 80 games before he moved to Derby for a million pounds. As Derby uh, went up to well, they were in the Championship. Then there was a clause. It was initially 750k and then went to one million when they got promoted to the Premier League. Uh, obviously, they didn't have a great time in the Premier League, and Fagan came back down towards on loan. Uh, he didn't get any of the goals in his eight games on loan, but we soon made it permanent for 750k, and he uh, obviously came up with us in that season. We got promoted in the playoff final with the, with the Dean Windass goal. He scored five goals in his 52 appearances uh, from his permanent move uh, before being released, and I believe it was Bradford City that he went to following his spell with the Tigers. All in all, 20 goals in 140 games, but I do believe there could have been a few more in there because he was in a rich vein of form for us in that opening Premier League season that we had before his broken leg away at Newcastle uh, from a nasty little challenge there. Uh, but yeah, great, great uh, ambassador for the club, great player, and um, he provided us with some some real flair and, and some, some great memories as well, Craig yeah. Fagan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was good through, wasn't it, with that challenge at Newcastle? Yeah, horrible yeah, challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, the game, and yeah, because he, he got up and, and finished the game. He got up and sort of was limping around, and he then he left the stadium on a boot. So no one quite knew the extent of the injury. But then it yeah, turned out to be a broken tibia, and it, it sort of um, ruined his, his season. Really, it was a shame for him because, like I say, he's, you know, he's probably waiting for his, his second fight at the at the Premier League after the, the unsuccessful one with Derby. Very direct player, loved to get you know getting on, and he sort of played as a striker in parts, but also as a right winger. Um, I believe he set up one of the other Hull City alphabet letters for today in that in that Fulham game, uh, if I remember yeah. rightly. But yeah, great player, really enjoyed I, watching I him play. His, um, it's just his passion for the game, 
I think I, I remember I can't remember who was playing, but um, Giovanni had just come on, um, and Giovanni lost the ball, and he just started jogging back, um, and Fagan like chased chased the ball back and was instrumental in getting the ball back, and he went out of play, and you could just see Fagan shouting at Giovanni, going, "It was your fault. You should be jacking back." You know, like, really, you know, in space, and I just, I just feel, yeah. you know, you need you need players with that passion um, a lot of the time. You know, because you need you need leaders on the pitch as well as the manager who can challenge challenge the teammates and they can stand up to them. Yeah, probably hence yeah hence yeah, three now probably as a as a coach. Um, my second one for this week is Alan Fettis, the well we say goalkeeper, but he also had a little spell <laughs> yeah. as a striker as well in uh, in our injury crisis. Uh, two spells for the club between 1991 and 1996, where he scored two goals as a striker. Uh, he played 135 games as a goalkeeper and a striker in that first spell. And then he came back to us for the 2003-04 season where he um, he made 20 of his 135 appearances uh, there. So, uh, great. Again, uh, longevity is one of those, really, because I was quite young when I went to see Hull City. Um, I obviously remember Alan Fettis and then seeing him in 2003-04, with me being sort of quite young, it sort of seemed to blend, not into one, but I, I never noticed actually that he had two spells. I thought maybe that he just wasn't, you know, getting in the team or whatnot. Um, you know, he was still at the club, but he's now currently coaching as well, goalkeeper coach at Manchester United. So he's making a good career for himself out, uh, for, after playing. And maybe someone else who might be, you know, stepping up into into management. Who knows? But yeah, uh, two great players there from different times, but both into their coaching. So it just shows sort of some of the maybe leadership qualities that Hull City give them in their careers. Yeah, maybe who knows. Quite a few people at United linked who linked to us. I didn't know about Fetis. That's an interesting stat. That so he's he's coaching uh, yeah. De Gea and um, uh, Henderson. Then he is. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, hopefully, he can uh, maybe fix a yeah. few of De Gea's uh, mistakes. But if not, you know, feeling that De Gea can maybe go up front for a bit and he can see yeah. some of the things. So we've got um, Warren Joyce is in um, here at United as well. Uh, yeah, well, he's now he's now with Skulls at right. Oldham, I believe. It temporarily, no, but he was there. Salford? Yeah, he was. Um, um, Sorry, Salford. He was at Oldham, yeah. wasn't he? He's was at Salford now. Yeah. So he's gone to Joyce. Yeah, Warren Joyce has gone to Salford with with Skulls as, as as part of his backroom staff, to sort of help him get out of out of um, whatever crisis there. And who knows? But uh, yeah, so a couple of links and feeling as yeah, well. Feelings, uh, yeah, feelings as well. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, so really quickly, and before we go on to your shouts, Alex, and apologies if this is one from the from the Twitter as well, but um, yeah, my dad Dave, uh, hello Dave, you should hello, be listening, Dave. hopefully, um, especially that, the fact that you've given yeah, you've given your suggestions while you uh, listen to this probably while he's walking the dog. Uh, our first one million pound player, Caleb Fulham, he uh, obviously scored the winner against Fulham. In our first ever Premier League game, so yeah, Fulham there. Great, um, he was instrumental in us getting up as well. Um, that the season previous to that, and yeah, what what joy that goal against Fulham! I'll never forget that. Yeah, yeah true, yeah, true bounce back ability. Yeah, who um, we got, Alex? Yeah, because it was one. <laughs> Definitely. Anyway, yeah. So, um, I'll start with the ones that you have mentioned. So, yeah, Fetis was mentioned. By Zach, uh, no, sorry, Lee Walker, 
hands to Charlie Palmer. Um, so well done, you two. Uh, Craig Fagan, uh, mentioned by quite a few. Zach, Lee Walk, and Tom Devereux. So popular shout was um, was Fagan. And uh, Furlan was mentioned by Zach. Uh, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Uh, Mark Spite to Charlie Palmer. Uh, Tom Devereux and Lee. Walk, who mentioned, you know, quite a few between them. So, really enjoyed your contribution, lads. Uh, Zach actually tagged Fulham in the person. Fulham liked our, um, liked that comment. So, yeah, love that. Love, 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 that. love that from current RX players. Um, but yeah, Zach also mentioned Ryan France. Um, and I believe you've got, yeah, yeah, fan from yeah. Alfreton Town. Signed from Alfredon Town, uh, playing in his non-league, and then obviously came up through the ranks with us. Uh, fantastic yeah. right back, and uh, yeah, a great ambassador right for the club at, at times as well. Yeah, Ahmed Fatty also by Zach, uh, Zach and Tom. Tom Devereux also mentioned Delroy Facey, who I was I was quite a big fan of um, when he played for us. Big strong forward, um, scored quite a few links at well with Stuart Elliott um, during that League One campaign. Uh, yeah, Matty Fryatt, Zach Lee, Walker, and Tom Devereux all went with Fryatt. Big, big player for us, I think. He was um... underrated, like, underrated maybe by people outside the EFL. I feel like he was a really yeah. good football league player, um, and maybe I don't think he got the the credit he deserved. You think about the amount of praise your Jordan Rhodes get, and and all of those players now. Matt Fryatt was was in that echelon in the, in the pomp of his career, and he was a great goal scorer at Championship yeah, League One level. I think um, he was involved with the club when we went. You know, as to, you know, we went on great form. So for his for him to score the amount of goals he did was he's you know decent. Yeah, and as well as that, he was instrumental in our FA Cup run because you think about uh, Long and Yelovich were cup tied, weren't they? So he had to play those games and he, he probably, you know, wasn't getting the games at Premier League level. And then he had to sort of come in and, and do a job in the FA Cup for it. So, yeah, credit yeah, to, it was, to fry it there as well. For it was, coming um, in and making him and who, who was the other lad up front who scored in the semi final? Um, Sagba, yes. Yeah, Sagba, Yannick Sagba. He used to start up front, didn't he? Um, yeah. Figueroa, yeah. Uh, another one from Zach. Uh, who yeah. didn't have him? Well, yeah, well played. I remember not not for us, but he scored a wicked free kick for for Wigan from like forty yards, um, which is um, you know class in it. But yeah, um, and I've got uh, Zach and Benedict uh, said Abdullah Fair, who um, centre half, experienced centre half. Andy Flounders yeah. uh, by Zach and Mark Spite. I don't I don't actually know Andy Flounders. Um, do you, John? No, but an obscure one there. It'd be a, it'd be a pointless <laughs> answer, wouldn't it? On uh, on BBC Pointless, yeah. but yeah, great answer yeah, there. Um, some some really good. I love I love the contribution of the obscure ones. I I, I love it when our Twitter followers go and think right, which, which yeah. ones are really obscure as well. Dig out, Let's dig one every out. single one. So I love it. Like, that's class, isn't it? You know what I mean, between them. Um, yeah, yeah. Russell Fry really? as well. Another one from Zach. And one from the current squad. Love that, Zach. I love one from the current squad. Brandon Fleming. Yeah, hopefully a big future ahead of him. He was he was one of those players when 
Tymon was getting touted by clubs, it, it sort of he sort of was pushing on, and it, and it made us think, well, you know, we've got a really good, talented left back in the pipeline. We can maybe sell Tymon. Uh, we, we're, we're fine, you know, wage demands or not. I'm not sure about the, the, the true story there, or if it was just the Allens wanting the money or whatnot. Uh, they were always very confident in Fleming's ability. So hopefully this season, a bit like Greaves, a bit like KLP, could be a real breakthrough for him and, and he can sort of take the, uh, yeah. the wet load off Elder a little uh, bit. And then finally we've got um, Darren France. Um, is it is that Ryan France's? Is that Ryan France's? Yeah, head in it. Uncle, I can't remember. Uh, not not sure to be honest, um, but I do remember the name uh, being thrown about. Yeah, so um, there is that. More, yeah. Again, Ryan France was mentioned by Lee as well. Lee contributed quite quite a few as well, as well as Mark Spite, who said um, Jamie Forrester, who also was mentioned by Charlie Palmer, Nicky yeah. Forster, Spite, and, and Charlie again, and then Mark also mentioned Nicky Featherstone. Uh, yeah, he was with us for a bit. He yeah. was then at Hartlepool, wasn't he? Yeah. Not sure where. Um, he another one that I didn't know who. Mark and Sir Charlie also mentioned was John French. Do you know John French? John French? No, I can't say. I can't say uh, I do, but you know, could could have been collecting the countries, couldn't we? About John Welsh and John French, you know. Yeah, sure. We did have a John going there. Maybe John. Yeah, and then yeah, Charlie also mentioned Alan Fettis, like you mentioned. They also mentioned Kevin Francis. Um, yeah, yeah, and, um, maybe, yeah. Brewster Frizzle. There's a pointless one, Brewster Frizzle from Matt. Yeah, wow, round of applause from John. There, <laughs> outstanding. Another one, I Indeed. think, round of applause because I don't know this chap is either Craig Falconbridge. Do you? Well, no, so another pointless answer there. Yeah. They've pulled up Trump's on there today. Uh, if there's a if there's an insert applause here on the on the old podcast app, I'll, I'll be <laughs> sure to pop yeah. one in. And finally, <laughs> back, back guys. to Paul Fewins from Sir Charlie Palmer and Tony Finnegan. Maybe before our time, John, you think? And then, yeah, potentially, yeah, yeah. Name rings some sort of a bell, but yeah, not, that, yeah, not like, not too sure. I'm there. Call this the good effort badge. Who there was two who was sort of like. Um, you know, I think they was having a laugh. So Luke Sherwood said Alton Felwell. And um, Matt Scowman oh, yeah. said Dean Findas. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, like, like my dad had a little go at that. And he was like, oh, Frank Banks. And I said, no, it's like got to end the surname. That's got to be F. He was like, oh, right. I thought it could be first. I'll ask no, nah, no. Nah. That you, you should know the whole yeah, city alphabet now. by now. We're moving on to G. If in doubt, on to G next week. Doubt, so come on, you've got to be yeah. <laughs> If in doubt, go on Twitter. Right, that's great. So yeah, you know, really, really enjoyed all the contributions from you guys. Made some really, really decent contributions. So, uh, thank you very much. And um, yeah, get yeah. your G's for next week. G. Um, so that leads Indeed. quite nicely on to some Twitter <laughs> news. So, uh, we find, we hit a hundred Twitter followers this week, um, just yesterday or the day before. So, again, you know, we're really, really thankful for you all. I um, hope you all are enjoying um, 
listening and hope you you know you get something out of you know the thing that we've built here so anything to add on that John yeah yeah just insert second applause sound here Uh, cheers guys thank you yeah thank you very much for your following and uh, yeah any any content suggestions anyone wanting to be a guest you know more than happy to we're an open book here we just love having a chat all things Hull City really so it could even be sort of revisiting old games or anything like that um, by all means, get in touch with us, and and we can always put some stuff together. For for you know, we'd we'd, look, we'd love to do something good for the for the Christmas episode potentially, um, and also you know when it's the off season as well, special sort of features. So, thank you very much for your for your following so far, and if you could spread the word as well, yeah. that would be absolutely. We, we have actually been in touch with um, the t- the Tigers down under chaps, and we've got something in the pipeline. Um, for the Christmas special, which we will announce um, in in a few weeks, um, but uh, I'll talk now through um, uh, the poll results. Um, so you know, John's brain came up with this poll, which I think was a belter. To be fair, um, was which Hull City player um, with with surname with the letter E um, had would have the most impact in the current squad? I think I've got that right. Um, and the winner was yeah. the legend that was Stuart Elliott. That is Stuart Elliott, who um, who took fifty eight percent of the mm. votes again. One hundred and twelve votes on this. So really, really happy with that. Really happy with the contribution of everyone um, who, who won the won the poll ahead of uh, Edwards and Elmer. Um, so yeah, yeah, amazing. Uh, and, and I think a part of that as well is, of course, um, you look at his League One record. First and foremost, uh, and he'd look he'd look great in that four three three that McCann plays as well. Uh, and coupled with that, obviously Emmanuel's form, they might not have seen a much need for for Elmo in there. Um, but you know, yeah, Elliot, attacking player, loves loves scoring goals. Yeah. There we go. Bill yeah. Churchy <laughs> yeah. scores goals. Give me somewhere to and I'll give you the goals. Yeah, and the KC <laughs> no <laughs> shirt. <laughs> right then. Yeah. Right, so finally, John, <laughs> uh, we have our predictions for yep. the next two games. So, shall we start with uh, Peterborough at home on Saturday? This Saturday, coming three o'clock kickoff. Yep. So, uh, home game, Peterborough fourth in the league. They've only lost two go- uh, two games themselves. So, I-, I think this is going to be a tough game. They've only they've only scored one less goal than us so far and conceded one more goal so I think it'll be a little bit closer than we think uh, but I'm hoping that we, we sort of use our momentum and try and keep a, another clean sheet try and keep the same team potentially and and you know deliver maybe it may be a couple of changes further up the pitch um, sort of more to towards what we had with Rochdale but but the, the back four should probably remain the same uh, I'm gonna go yeah. for another tight game, and I'm gonna I'm actually gonna put us down for our, our first draw of the season at one-one. Um, but I'd love it. Love it. I sound like Kevin Keegan here. I'd love it. Love it if we could come away with a two-nil. But I'm just being a little bit more conservative with my with my approach. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, my my heart's telling me two-nil. Yeah. But my so my head's telling me one-one. Is I'm gonna write down our predictions because one thing we haven't done on the pod is go back to our predictions, have we? 
Ooh, that could be. Yeah, yeah that could be one. Maybe a, a little leak. Um, yeah, a bit like uh, like Super Six. Yeah. Um, Super Six. Yeah, yeah. Who got? Who got? Who picked the correct result? Um, yeah. Oh, Jordan versus Alex yes. versus Love that. listeners. Um, so we'll, we'll maybe have a think about how that's going to work. Um, but yeah, I did. I did ask before the um, before the game uh, against Wimbledon. I think against Rochester as well. But I, I guess the, uh, before Wimbledon, I asked the Twitter followers. Um, for their predictions for the game, and Bobby Hadcroft um, tweeted saying, um, "I think we're going to win one nil tonight," and uh, you know it did come true. So, yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, definitely been early lead for the listeners. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Oh, tough one this one. Uh, I think Peaceborough will be our biggest test yet. Um, because uh, yeah, we, we we've played like mid-table teams so far, haven't we? And um, you know, we haven't played like the other teams that bang on form yet. So like we haven't played Ipswich or um, Lincoln, have we? So um, yeah, tough one. I'm, I'm gonna sneak us in for a, a two-one win. Um, I think it'll be a better game than, than what we've seen. Uh, I think it'll be a bit more end-to-end because I think. You know, Peterborough and no slouches. Uh, I don't think they'll come and set up um, just to just to hold us. I think they'll come out and attack, which which may play into our favour. I hope. So yeah, I'm going for a sneaky two-one win, um, and I, with a goal for Eves, either if he starts the first goal or if he comes on the second goal. Right. Okay. Um, is George George Boyd still uh, from? I'm trying to think now. I, I, may, I, may back, I may have made this up or dreamt it. But uh, um, I, I think he may have got released. I, I might be totally off, off the mark there. I might have dreamt it, but I think he got released. Yeah, um, I, I do think he... Yeah, because it said something about his last game. So I didn't know if he retired or if he was released, maybe. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so the shame, really, because we had, obviously, McShane in, again in the Rochdale game, but and we could have faced another former Tiger. Um, but it's McCann's old club, so obviously he's probably looking yeah. to, to set okay, a mark so there as well. What are your thoughts for the Bristol Rovers game yeah. Tuesday night, Tuesday the 27th, 7pm the games kick off that Tuesday night? Yes, uh, I feel like this will be a bit more of an open game. Despite being away from home, I do think, like you said, the sort of inhibitions of the home side will be sort of loosened slightly and they'll, they'll want to play a bit more expansive, allowing us a bit of a chance uh, as well. Bristol Rovers have scored a lot of goals, but they've also conceded a lot of goals this season. Uh, they're currently sitting in 10th place, but they have a goal difference of one. And I, I think we can come out 4-1. Oh, wow. I'm going quite bold on this well, I think. Um, Tuesday. I, I'm going to be really bold. And I say I think things are going to come together for us that game. And I'm going to think we're going to be a bit more free flowing. I'm I'm going to go with six two. Six two. There we go. So yeah. two two high scoring games. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to obviously tweet us as well. Uh, your thoughts, listeners. What what do you think the score is going to be in both of those games? 
Uh, I'm coming out with with four points, uh, with five goals scored, two conceded. Uh, Alex has gone for, for two wins in two to keep that momentum going. That'll, you know, build us up nicely and keep us top of the league. So, um, yeah, be, be free to send your suggestions and obviously vote on our, our Twitter poll. Our Twitter poll this week is, is going to be who do you think is the best centre-back pairing for us at this current moment in time? So there'll be a host of options there, such as Greaves and Beck, Device and Beck. Um, could be Jones and Device, McLaughlin and Jones. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll put some options out there. Maybe you suggest your own. But yeah, thank you very much for, for listening this week. Guys, it's been a pleasure, as yeah, always, Alex, to yeah. host alongside you. Um, and hope you have a good rest uh, over the weekend. And yeah, thank you to all the listeners who have contributed, shared, retweeted, commented, uh, whatever they've done to support us. You know, we appreciate it and we love you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, uh, guys. Okay, catch you next week. Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.